Are you a college student looking for better guidance on how to figure out your life after college? Maybe you are slowly looking at jobs, or maybe you are finally getting around to editing your resume, or maybe you are just getting anxiety awaiting for the question at the next big family dinner, what are you going to do after college? Yep, I've been there. That's why I created my career ebook guide to help guide you on the path to young adult life in your post-grad career. From custom resume templates, ways to improve your LinkedIn, cover letter examples, top interview questions, and so much more, it's all in my ebook guide, which you can find on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog/shop. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. And as always, Friday episodes are just bonus, you know, extra goodies for the week and for the month. And with it being my birthday month, I figured why not just add another episode in this week before we cap out the month of February, which is crazy to already realize that we're two months into this year. But I think as I'm getting older and wiser, I am noticing just how um, not necessarily that it's irrelevant on what month and what year we're in, but you know, you got to look at things in a bigger picture and stop focusing on such micro moments and how you know you don't want to miss out on x y and z in your life and that time is running out all of that and the new year and and everything like you just have to look at life as a more grand journey and regardless of what year and what time and what day it is because all of that is relatively relative but regardless of all that you can still think about your own life and your own vision in your own way and not get so wrapped up in you know whether sometimes I know just focusing on the year and the day can get really micro and make people slow down in certain areas of life so that is just my morning thoughts for today but on this bonus episode as you can tell from the title I will be giving pretty much kind of like a rant on my thought process with short-term thinking versus long-term decision making and this kind of just came out of inspiration for me when I was walking around the city in New York last week and I was just reflecting on certain frameworks I have changed in my life and some of which I think would be really helpful for those of you who listen and I think you'll notice I do have a very unique approach on how I think some of which I would be really candid with you guys some of my friends think I'm a little crazy for the way I think about these things and that you know I should be living in the moment more but um you know, full transparency, I would say a lot of the way I think is the reason I'm in the position I am. 
And, you know, it's it all comes down to personal preference if you want to be an average person, an average thinker, an average individual, and live a average life. That is totally amazing. And I think there's nothing wrong with kind of going with the consensus of what everyone else says. But if you do want to make more marginal shifts in your life and you want to try to implement a better lifestyle for yourself and kind of chase after that audacious goal, audacious dream that you've always felt like is out of reach and that your friends would think you're too crazy for thinking like that or trying to chase after that life vision, well then I think this episode is going to be useful and you might relate to some of what I say in this decision-making thought process. So I will go into the first topic, if you will, which is actually revolving around dating. And I will say this one is probably what gets a lot of my friends or peers around my age really I don't know how I don't know how to say it, but I would say they don't they're not the most receptive to this thought process as much because I think it's too analytical to a degree. And I agree to some extent. But this thought process for me came about when my sorry to be redundant, but my previous long-term relationship, we broke up for a period of time during my college years. He was already graduated and I was a junior in college. And I think the expected route anyone would go after a breakup, especially at that age, I was only 20 years old and at a new university with many attractive guys, I should say, I actually made a mindful decision and choice to not partake in any hookups or partake in seeing any new guys. Um, And the reason was actually very much related to the short-term versus long-term decision making but I started to notice in my life at that age how myself and many of us at that point in life we often are chasing such short-term highs and we're chasing things that make us feel good in the moment and make us almost mask the insecurity or whatever we're trying to fill the void in and I realized that is, well, I should say that is, that is part of the equation on actually growing internally. So it's choosing the long-term harder route over the short-term high and what's going to make you gushy and feel, you know, good in the moment. But, you know, truth be told, I think many of us, um, whether you've been there or not, or maybe you have a friend you know, maybe they do partake in that activity of trying to, um, you know, whether it's hook up or make out, whatever it is with another guy, um, you know, to kind of mend that breakup situation. I think we all know it never really is enough in terms of actually making the person feel better. They wake up the next day and they're like, oh, I still feel like shit. So something I always ask myself when it came to hookups (laughs) and again it's kind of weird to some people but I always ask myself what will I gain from this and another question or another layer to that I ask is will this moment marginally improve my life in the direction I want to go in so let me give you a personal example 
one of my top priorities and fulfillments in life, as I've said before, are meaningful relationships and connections. And the reason why I find or prioritize this in my life is because I recall very vividly how unhappy, unfulfilled, and alone I felt when I didn't have a tight-knit community around me. And when I say community, I mean having a group of people, whether they're interconnected with each other or not, but just individuals or groups of people that I can go to for advice, for almost like a feedback soundboard or just for support in general. And that's why I emphasize a lot on this podcast about being extremely mindful who you let into your circle because they affect your mental health a lot. And so when I was 20 years old and at the time when I didn't have that community yet, that's why I chose to focus on it because I didn't have it. I knew what it felt like to not have it. And I, I recognize, you know, on top of with, with COVID, I think we all realize now too, we all miss just being with our humans. We miss connecting at a coffee shop. We miss going to the bars. We miss traveling and meeting new people. And you see, it, it comes down to the people. And it comes down to not just surface level relationships. We miss those people that just made us feel bliss and wholesome and just feeling good after connecting with that person so um i recognized at an earlier age i would say because i do think this is something a lot of people realize at some point in life but more so towards mid late 20s maybe even 30s about the difference between or maybe why they should you know slow down or avoid doing hookups anymore right so this is something i realized when i was in college and i noticed or my personal belief is by partaking in consistent casual hookups or flings that have no true meaning to me personally i'm doing myself a disservice by doing hookups while i am telling myself that i'm seeking meaningful connections and relationships so i will preface too just because I don't partake in hookups, and again, let me let me go back a little bit to say, it's not like I live by this rule, you know, 24-7. At the time, yes, I remember not having, you know, been with a guy for over six months, and one of my really close guy friends would joke and ask, like, how are you doing sexually? Like, are you doing okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm I'm actually doing great. Like, I, I really felt aligned with where my focus was. And he kind of was trying to convince me to have fun a little bit and, and relax. And, you know, you got out of a breakout, breakup months ago. This is a good time to explore. And I said, no, you know what? I, I feel a lot more at bliss or at you know, with like at one with myself when I'm not doing those things. Now, I feel like after I went through that significant growth period, I've been able to, you know, welcome, I guess, occasional moments of that. Not again, not saying that is my preference and not not that that is something I go into or go for in my life. But I'm not, you know, um, like, perfect where I'm absolutely saying no to that but I will say during that period of time when I mindfully decided on that at the t- at that time yes but now that I've grown um you know internally and I feel like I've developed a lot personally I've been able to 
reconsider um what that may mean to me um I guess in my life but either way my overall goal in what I look for when I when I connect with people is something meaningful and meaningful to me means that myself and that person connect on a deeper level where we maybe share or most of the time share similar values or life philosophies um, and, and I think that's really the deep part and then after that it goes into other interests maybe it's about the type of music we like or the type of books we like to read or the style we like to indulge in the foods we like to eat things like that to me that goes beyond the surface level and when you really get to know someone's philosophy and the way they live their life and how that you know can um, be like a yin and yang to how you live your life I think to me that's just a blissful moment when you meet someone like that but that is also um, I will say as well that does not mean I only look for relationships that is not the case but you know I personally can uh, easily meet a guy and find a super cool connection but maybe not want to date him but I will say I like for me at this point in life I if I don't notice that um you know real true connection internally um, you know and mutually then I wouldn't continue to see that person or wouldn't continue to you know talk to that person because that would just be a waste of time not just for me but for both of us because I'm not you know, reciprocating maybe something that they're looking for. But um, yeah, I guess I just wanted to say overall on that aspect, just because I personally don't prefer hookups or maybe rather um, avoid them for the most part, does also does not mean I'm only looking for a relationship. But in essence, I am. It's just that I'm, it doesn't mean like I'm looking for someone to date right now. Does that make sense? It's more of I am gradually seeking to build and grow my inner circle, whether you are a potential romantic partner or you're potentially a really, you know, great friend to me. Um, You know, that's kind of my thought process. And I would advise if you are someone that maybe tends to get stuck in the realm of of maybe feeling lonely or feeling lost and wanting a guy on an app and, and trying to kind of fill that void, maybe take some time to consider what you are really gaining from just doing something physically with a guy because that may be part of what's hindering your progress. And in order to grow and get that full personal development, I personally think that you have to go through a good chunk of that alone to figure out what it is that you really want specifically in the dating realm. So the next topic I have is about your career, which I know we all love to think about and talk about. And I speak on this a lot on this podcast, but a question that I wrote down here that I often ask myself and something I think is worth for you to consider is what kind of jobs or experiences can I take on today that will lead me towards a trajectory I'd like to be on? So I will give you a personal example again. So for me, since college, I always knew that my top goal would be to have the freedom of time and location 
you know, meaning I can work remotely or I can work in an office, but either way, I have the choice to do so. And I guess looking back, I do find it rather surprising that I had that in mind already at such a young age, thinking about personal freedom instead of money and career status, all of that. I think I think I thought of it because maybe I felt like I didn't have that kind of personal freedom growing up and maybe that's why I started to seek it and I also started to question at an early age, you know, what are we really working for when we watch our parents work 9 to 5 or longer hours as I would, you know, at least in my case, you know, I my both my parents work kind of all the time and I think their scenario is different because they came over to America from Vietnam sacrificing a lot so I I tell them all the time I kind of look at it in this um, humorous way where I I almost think thank you for taking one for the team because they have put me in a position that allows me to cultivate this life but I also don't believe you know and I've always had this debate with many people um even on dates and I think that's kind of the the fun part about me if you go on a date with me you're always going to get philosophical but I always kind of looked at people and working and you know what are we chasing money for what are we like what like what is the marginal difference is that 50,000 going to make in your life right are you going to actually be happier if you got a $50,000, you know, raise tomorrow? You know, just just think about that if you're working right now or maybe if you're in college. That's that's stuff that I used to talk about with my with my, you know, ex-boyfriend and just people that I wanted, you know, potentially could date. I I I like to know their philosophy on this, but for me, I think something and again, I feel like the pandemic has pretty much ex- um, expedited this process and progress of how many of us in society are thinking about work and life and the quote balance, which again, I personally don't believe in balance, but I rather believe in incorporating all of that into one, into your own lifestyle. So I think the previous ways where we were working nine to five or where we still are today, right? I'm trying, or at least on for me personally, I'm trying to separate nine to five and this whole work culture. I'm not, I'm not trying to keep it separate from my personal life, if that makes sense. I'm actually trying to incorporate it where if I'm traveling to New York or if I'm traveling to, um, I don't know, Dallas, Texas, like if I'm traveling there for for work or maybe for a personal trip can I still work while I'm there or vice versa can I still you know meet up with friends there or meet up with a certain network I have there that are also maybe my colleagues maybe my personal friends and or you know um, business friends right that's to me kind of the life I envision for myself is not having to you know move to Minnesota just because my job is going to be there. And I think, again, this pandemic has already pushed that vision forward a lot faster. But I think that's 
kind of what I was thinking about when I was in college. And again, instead of thinking what career or what industry do I want to be in marketing, PR, um, you know, sales, like I, I was not pinpointing it like that or even let alone I was not pinpointing a job, you know, where I think a lot of friends of mine that I've spoken to, especially one of my friends, my, one of my old roommates, she tells me about how she looks for a specific engineering job and all of that. And again, there is no right or wrong answer. I don't know how many times I have to reiterate this, so I, you know, don't get shit for it. But there is no right or wrong answer. It's just a personal preference. And I think it's really healthy to be able to hear kind of or see all sides of the coin, if you will. And so I think my friend, my old roommate, the one that is an engineer and works in um, more of a data analyst position, she used to have this concept of working long hours and and being in the office all the time um, at her ex-dream company, which is a a very big company that all of you guys would know, which I, I don't know if I really need to refrain from saying the company, but it's um, a athletic sports company, so which pretty much narrows it down to two if you really think about it. But um, she thought that that was her dream career, ended up hating her lifestyle and her culture there, was there for roughly two years and recently left and just feels so much happier now at this smaller company that she makes marginally more but also has more freedom and she kind of told me the other week when we were on a trip together she said that she was just kind of surprised that she didn't recognize this before and I was telling her I think it's a traditional mindset that our parents kind of passed down to us in terms of setting up for our future and I think, in, again, instead of focusing on the, the company, the dream company, or the dream industry or position, think about just, just your dream life as a whole. And then work backwards from there instead of putting the career part as, um, as your first, uh, like, priority. And so... For me, um, you know, when I was thinking about internships and job experiences, I tried to pick ones that would build my self-discipline, reliability, ability to take action, and being assertive in making decisions. Because like I said, I wanted to have freedom of time and location, whether I worked remotely for a company, which I did have an internship my entire senior year of college that was fully remote. I was um, an intern as a social media marketing influencer, marketing guru, if you will. And um, I also had other part-time jobs, which I'm about to dive into, and some of which I think many people, especially parents and our elders, might look at and be like, what the hell? You know, what did that bring to you? But I'm going to explain. So... One of my part-time jobs was tutoring, and I specifically tutored for a family for four years, and the tutoring was on, it was very simple because I started when the girl was in second grade, so you might be like, why in the hell does a second grader need a tutor? She didn't need a tutor for second grade, but her parents wanted her and, you know, her siblings, her two brothers, they wanted them to be ahead and staying, you know, um, excelling in school and, and having a really good way of thinking and approaching academics and having discipline and all of that. So I actually looked at it by my second year. I was really mentoring this girl 
um, from, you know, I think I started when she, you know, she was like seven or eight years old. I think she might be 11 or 12 now, which is crazy because, yeah, kids grow up so fast. Yeah, I think she's actually, yeah, maybe either 12 or 13. But regardless, um, I think this job many people would think is kind of mundane and doesn't really mean much. But I feel that I learned a lot on how to mentor younger the younger generation and I feel that as though my tutoring was not just how to do math and how to be better at reading and writing. I ended up teaching her by my last year there. Again, I was there for four years. I ended up teaching this girl and her family or and her siblings how to change their framework of thinking. So sometimes she didn't want to do math. She would cry. She would get upset. Again, this was her younger years. But eventually, I taught her this concept of, would you rather play now and work later or work now and play later? Because she would get really excited if we could color at the end, again, her younger years when she was like 8, 9, and 10. And so I taught her this way of being disciplined and her choosing to discipline herself. It wasn't me, but I presented her with the question of which one she would prefer She thought about it and she was like, okay, that's right. I want that one. So then that's when she would proceed to do math or whatever. And again, I think this was a skill I learned on how to help other people frame certain mindsets and certain, you know, disciplines in their mind just by the way I presented it. But more importantly as well, even though this seemed like kind of like a babysitting job, this family is extremely well connected with um, colleagues and peers in different areas of the U.S. and also just in their field um, in, in what they do. So I can trust that I could go to them for, you know, advice for career or maybe getting, you know, access for an interview somewhere things like that, which again is very powerful today and having someone like them back up your reliability and, you know, give that personal reference, I would say that is, again, extremely valuable in any career and any time you're applying. And then also as well, my other part-time job was coaching figure skating. So this might be, again, doesn't seem like it contributes towards my quote conventional career, but for figure skating, it again taught me how to be independent and how to be timely and pretty much be my own business as well because I am a coach, so I'm making money as you know a coach and I'm learning how to progress my coaching, progress my business of coaching and how to retain clients, make sure my clients are happy, my students are happy, the parents, etc. So just think about the skills that you've had or you've developed over the years from your childhood to the teenage years. Again, these are skills that I look at that I've had growing up and that's how I converted them into the jobs I had during college is how can I monetize and use skills that I've already developed and how can I make some money out of that for my part-time job? So that is hopefully some you know, food for thought for you guys on how you can do the same in your own life because I really do believe everyone has unique skills and traits since 
they were young, but we tend to forget about them as we're in our 20s and we start to think this whole conventional route about finance, business, marketing, uh, PR, film, photography. Like We think about all these conventional routes and we forget about the tiny skills that we have that can be put towards conventional routes, if that makes sense. And the last topic I will discuss is finance because I think in finance it is so important this is probably the most important to be thinking long term versus short term and if you listen to any finance gurus you probably have heard them say the same but I will give you my quick two cents on my thought process with finance and how I've been able to save certain money um, especially when I was buying my first car and just how I'm doing it today because I again am very aware that my generation millennial and Gen Z are going to have a much more difficult time with their savviness in finance because of this consumerism and you know wanting to buy everything that's thrown at you on social media and all this marketing so um, here are my quick tips the first one being having a three to six month emergency savings fund now this one is extremely difficult because i was just listening to kevin o'leary today on another finance podcast and he even said himself that his employees at his, you know, multiple companies, and by the way, if you don't know Kevin O'Leary, he is Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank. I actually absolutely love him. I look up to him a lot. I look at him as a mentor for me, and even though on Shark Tank, he he appears to be extremely blunt and brutal, if you look at the way he thinks in his philosophy in life, you will see that it's actually very applicable to everything in life and that's why I think he's done so well but he said to himself his employees and many others do not even have a month of savings let alone some of them don't even have like two weeks of savings for you know like can you liquidate it into cash and have it to survive and there's a lot of people that don't which is kind of scary especially with what happened during the pandemic so an example of how I would look at the 36 month savings thing I would look at it pretty much mainly revolving around rent, although there's probably more savvy finance people that will say to combine it with your your approximate food and all of that. But rent, right? Like your, your cost of living in your home, that's probably the biggest one. And then food is probably the second, just like your groceries and living and stuff. But I would take your current rent and multiply it by, you know, three or six and just ask yourself, do you have that in your savings? And if you're in college, most likely not. But if you're able to save 10 to 20% of your paycheck or whatever you make and put it away for after college when you will need it and your parents completely cut you off if they haven't already, then this will put you in a good safety net. So this is actually something I did when my parents were still paying for my rent and paying for some of my groceries, stuff like that. Um, in college, for the most part, junior and senior year, I was paying for a lot of my personal life, you know, like eating out, um, gas, I think, and just, you know, just again, anything that like was extracurricular, they were just pretty much paying for rent. And actually, you know, senior year, they were only paying for part of my rent because I wanted to get into the habit of paying for some of my rent. But I would say um, this is definitely a great 
way for you to build a safety net for your future. So let's just say your rent is $1,200 a month. I, it really depends where you live, but let's just say it's $1,200. You want to multiply that by three and you're going to need at least $3,600 in your savings. Now, I will also add, if you don't need that money within six months time frame, I personally would take it out and strategically invest in, you know, whatever you would like to build for your future. Um, this one, I wouldn't, I don't have like a full recommendation on in terms of investing because there's a huge difference between investing and trading. And if you're trading on, you know, an app like Robinhood, which can be really useful if you know what you're doing, I would recommend giving that, you know, some thought. But I would just say my best advice is doing your own research on investing, capital gains, trading, day trading, long-term investments, ETFs, etc. Because there is nothing more powerful than knowing that information yourself. Your parents can tell you from their own experience. And trust me, my parents may have done well for themselves in that area but even then I don't take their advice necessarily because I think it's much more important that I learn how to do it myself and anything I do need some clarification on I might go to them for and I would say this for the same for you if your parents have done well for themselves I would take it with a grain of salt in terms of going directly to them for advice on investing I would again do your own research go and listen to podcasts or YouTube videos from other financial experts in the industry and see what they say and then compare and contrast because it's just like going to the doctor or right if you have a big procedure I think the biggest advice anyone says is go to multiple doctors and get different opinions so that's what I would do as well so even if your dad's a doctor you would probably want to go to one or two other doctors to get additional thoughts on and see how they compare and contrast and um, either way I would highly advise to give investing a long thought because I think so many people especially in their 20s are advised especially by parents to not invest yet because they think having 100 500 a thousand dollars is not enough which one of my friends her she said to me that her mom said that that it's not enough it's it's kind of true but it's kind of not because i would rather have i would rather be taking that hundred dollars that i might spend on you know two months of coffee and putting it to invest versus um thinking that's not enough for me to invest and letting it sit in my check checking account and being like, oh, I can spend this. You see what I'm saying? So um, I would say there's definitely some adults out there that might say, oh, you don't have enough to invest. Wait till you have 10,000 or more. Eh, I would I would do some research on that and look at it yourself and see how you can take, you know, 500, 1,000, just a small savings that you have that you don't need to touch within you know I'd say like five to six months if you don't need it then go ahead and do some long-term investment with that or if you are savvy enough then I would say you may be capable of 
making certain gains in trading as well if again you're doing your research and you're being strategic about it so this is also not advice or no recommendations this is just what I've done and how I've been able to you know live my life and make sure I'm building for my future so all in all everything I recommend is just thinking for yourself and going to do research and seeing what will work best for you.